Welcome to the American Pale Males podcast, or will it be renamed Ill Dope Boys? Stay tuned for why. <laughs> oh my. I'm Michael, one of your hosts. Uh, I am Jeremy, ever embarrassed co host. Well, what would you call the show? Michael's Big Fat Pot Pot Podcast. Sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> stuttering over here. <laughs> Once again, we don't we don't ever plan for this thing. I mean, Michael may have like a few things ready to go, but I just started thinking about this like 29 minutes ago. <laughs> yes, it's true. But before we get to that, Jeremy, beer brags. Yes, Michael. So uh, it's been a hot second since recording, and I was given a surprise over the, this past time since we've recorded. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what's it called? Oh, yeah, Stardew Valley on the computer. Yeah, that's, that's that's my beer brag. A video game is your beer brag. Yeah, I'm harvesting parsnips. It's delightful. It's <laughs> I never played Harvest Moon, so I couldn't really, you know, speak to its, you know, relation to that classic. But uh, I know it's a spiritual successor, and it's oddly relaxing and addictive. But oh yeah, and I was taken up to Madison, and I saw you over the weekend. <laughs> that's true. It was it was a good time. I was scurried up there by my lovely wife. I had counsel of the show up there. Uh, you were there. Not all at the same time, mind you. but <laughs> And we had a lot of good time. We even went to a place that you have never been to, Michael. We went to I.O. Arcade Bar, or Barcade, as they're more commonly known. Mm-hmm. We also went to the Tipsy Cow. Michael, are you a, a frequenter of the Tipsy Cow? Haven't been there in a while, but I've been there a couple times. It's a good place. While I was there, I, I decided I was going to limit myself to one beer brag. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, I'd be going on. Yes, uh, yes. The wife was concerned that I was only having things that I had had before, but I think I only had, like, one beer that I'd had before, mm-hmm. which was... Fantasy Factory, and not the oh. raspberry one that you and I had looked for, but just yeah. the, the OG. But yeah. I did hit up Ale Asylum, one that we didn't go there, but I hit up their, their wares. And yes. I got Neon Nebula. Michael, have you heard of this one? Not that one, no. It is a current seasonal. It is a hazy double IPA brewed with Rakau, R-A-K-A-U, and Nugget Hops wheat and fermented with Norwegian Kvik yeast. Oh, one of those. Yes, that's the... Uh... I don't know if it still is, but it's a very in vogue beer. Or yeast, excuse me. Okay, apparently it's pronounced quike. Yes. According to... I don't like that. I'm going to go with kvik. Yeah. Do you know much about the kvik yeast, Michael? Yeah, I think it's come up at one point, but it's like... What do I want to say? Like like artisanal or like heirloom heritage like yeast yes. from Norway, right? Correct. Is it Norway? Milkthefunk.com. Today specifically refers to a non-purified yeast that has been reused for generations in traditional Norwegian farmhouse brewing. Ah. Um, this has apparently become re-re-become in vogue because I also saw that over the weekend, Big Grove Brewery here in town released a Kvik stout that clocked in at 14%, so I'm assuming this is pretty hairy yeast. But yeah, the, like the Neon Nebula was very, very good. It was bright. It was beefy. It it had a high alcohol content that you could feel, but you didn't get like that weird uh, boozy feel to it. Yeah. It was just a warmth, which is yes. a unique thing, I guess. In uh in IPAs, you don't. I th- I feel like a, with a lot of these doubles, imperials, 
whatever's when you get something that's clocking in over over seven and a half we'll say it seems like it just you get that burn as opposed mm-hmm. to the warmth but this one really right. had the warmth and it fit in right with the brightness of the beer I don't know if I could tell you anything about the yeast in it. It did taste a little farmy, but not like crazy farmy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. A lot of good stuff this weekend. I don't really think I had a uh, a bad beer, but yeah. What about you, Michael? I'm going back. I'm going to be opening a few Christmas presents figuratively for uh-huh. beer brags because I had lots of beers at Christmas time. Um, uh, my God. And so the first one I want to bring up uh, on today's episode mm-hmm. is uh, kind of a m- mini vertical. There's this brewery in Minnesota, Minnetonka, Minnesota, uh, called Boom Island. Okay. And we've actually had them on the show a long time ago. Was I on the show? Uh, you were not on the show. So it was that long ago. Um, mm-hmm. And they basically make a lot of, from what I've seen of them, bomber type beers. They are primarily Belgian style beers. And so this was their 2019 Yule beer. Yule, Yule, Yule. Yule, that sounds better. Yule. Like sounds... the tree. Yes, exactly. And it was paired in a two-pack with the 2015 Yule. Ooh. They describe it as resting under a thick beige head. This Belgian-style holiday beer is deep in mahogany color, has big caramel notes with a hint of roast and light holiday spices. Rich, dark, and malty. Comes in at 9.8% ABV. Jeez. And yeah, it was it was good. It had that... You know, it's kind of funny. I never really... Something crystallized for me this year. You know, we always talk about pumpkin spice around the autumn season. We see those ramp up onto market mm-hmm. September, October. But one thing that's out there that isn't as dramatically popular, but is a thing, is Christmas spices. And, I, you know, I had a lot of beers with those Christmas spices in them, thinking like ginger, uh, mm-hmm. anise, uh, <laughs> and there's one more that I can't think of right now, but that's in the mix there. So I had a variety of beers that had those spices to varying degrees, and this one um, was very good in that regard. It, like I said, it was lightly spiced. Delicate, perhaps? Delicate, yeah. It just had that right tone. And it had a nice dry finish, which almost made it uh, refreshing in that regard. It didn't have the, like the lingering malt taste or this lingering spice taste. It had a nice, clean, dry finish. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, the 2015, very similar in taste. Um, it may be just slight differences, but um, because of its age, it was much more mellowed out, much smoother. So those spices were even smoother and like it didn't have as much of a fizz to it, mm-hmm. which I think was more complimentary for this style of beer. It was kind of a smoother overall mouthfeel, smoother taste profile. So Interesting. Considering how you could buy it right off the shelf as the 2015, I don't know if it'd be worth hanging on to and cellaring for mm-hmm. uh, four years, but um, yeah, 2015 version had, had the edge, I would say. But both of them, very delicious, very festive and seasonal brews that mm-hmm. were worthwhile indulging excellent yes jeremy michael it's a new year uh, it's a new year yes new new laws tend to go into effect uh, <laughs> right around the first of the year yeah we did have one 
episode in the new year, but we recorded it last year. All right, mm, we, we we Rip we the did. down. We recorded a lot of things last year. Yes. Um, this is the first new episode recorded in the new year, and one major change, as you said, laws go into effect. Huge one for the Midwest area mm-hmm. is Illinois legalizing recreational marijuana. The devil's weed, Michael. Yes. Reefer. Madness. I know. Um, it's, I mean, it's medical marijuana has been legal in Illinois for some time now, correct? Yeah. Okay. What say you? You know, the whole, I mean, disclaimer, neither mm-hmm. of us are like potheads or, no. you know, we don't have really dog in this fight. I think we aren't anti-marijuana, obviously, but we're not ranting and raving at the courtroom steps about this. But it, I, 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 think... am, I am pro-consenting adults doing whatever they want to do with their own body. Yeah, there. that's a good way to say it. Um, but this is so interesting because, you know, the Midwest is so especially in recent years, conservative and yeah. legalization has always been put out to the coast and never really uh, got over here. You know, Colorado is the closest you got, but there's still a big chunk of plains separating the Midwest or what I considered the, the Midwest from Colorado. It's true. But you also have to remember that Iowa was one of the first states in the country to legalize gay marriage, which is not exactly, you know, a, a conservative cause. No. And to be fair, those the uh the justices on the I believe it was the Iowa Supreme Court that upheld that, you know, you can't have no gay marriage laws. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Uh-huh. Those judges got put up for retention votes early, which is ridiculous. Right. I I mean oh God. It's just all so dumb lately, Michael. But I believe I saw on the news today that Illinois has already, you know, sold out of pot <laughs> yeah. to the surprise of absolutely no one. Yeah. Well, and I think the point you're getting to is there has been this kind of blue island in the mid- Midwest mm-hmm. for some time. But I mean, I think that's been under assault. Sure has. Uh, what I just saw today, over 10 million in sales. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Five days. <laughs> five days. Um, and, and granted, a lot of that is going to be just like novelty. Hype, the, yeah. the fact that you don't have to go to your guy, even though you could probably still go to your guy. <laughs> right. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this is going to play in, you know, the, the non-urban areas of Illinois. So pretty much outside Rockford, Peoria, Chicago. Right. I want to see how it plays in the sticks. And I really want yeah. to see if the Iowa state troopers just plant people. That's what I was in, curious about too in <laughs> Davenport because I, the Chicago Tribune had a ma- an interactive map, less than an hour from you. It it is yes yeah and it's they're like oh hey you can go to Davenport or Davenport is an Iowa you can go to Moline and there is something that was a medicinal dispensary that is now a recreational and above dispensary mm-hmm. and if I had to guess I would suspect that uh, the State Patrol is probably just going to park a cruiser in the parking lot and just <laughs> wait for Iowa plates to come in and then follow them across the uh, state line. Yeah, but can Iowa State Patrol go to Illinois like that? Why not? They're not. They're is gathering it... evidence. They're not charging them with uh, anything in maybe. Illinois. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Counsel of the show explained this to me. It was it was something different. I think it was like some sort of weird beer law, or maybe it was even marijuana law in. 
like South Dakota, how the cops would sit on one side and just watch, and then the second you go like half a mile an hour over the speed, this you know, yeah, a, a pretext stop. You know what? Or I think I'm using that term correctly. Just it's like ah, oh, technically, you know, you didn't use a turn signal, or oh hey, your license plate is dirty, or you know whatever, and then they pull you over and they're like, oh hey, oh what's, yeah, what, what smells like a reefer in here? <laughs> Get the canine. Exactly. Um, stupid. I think we're, even with the the conservative turn that the world it seems to be taking these days, I feel that we are going to be about 10 years away from full-blown legalization. Federal. At, at, the, at the very least, decriminalization. I imagine that might be a harder sell in parts of the, the country, but, mm-hmm. I mean, sports gambling is legal, technically, at a federal level. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's kind of crazy about this, too, is that, like, you look at the states Illinois touches, I mean, it's a long state, so... It, it sure is. Maybe not a big deal here, but, like you said, down in the sticks, like, you're touching Missouri. Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Uh, southern Indiana. Tennessee, maybe? Not quite, but Not quite? You, it's very close. You know, you could probably uh, ford the river and successfully make it <laughs> there if you mm-hmm. wanted to. You'd be in Tennessee in no time. Well, um, I mean... People compl- So the thing that bothers me most about this sort of thing is that the, the talking heads are going to, you know, blah, 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 you know, it's all horrible, everything is terrible, look at this, it's the demise of modern civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to try not to rant here, because <laughs> I get bent out of shape about this sort of thing, but... I I have I suspect that both sides of the aisle, and I wish there were more than two, but you know what? That's a problem for another day. Yeah, it, it's similar to how they say like, oh, you know, gun laws don't work in in Illinois because Chicago has a crazed, you know, vi- gun violence rate, despite the fact that you know it's oh, twenty miles away from Indiana, which does not have gun laws like at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just things like that. Yeah. Um, what do you where do you see this going what do you suspect it's going to be a lot like Colorado where there's some growing pains because I mean there has to be yeah right you can't do that without some sort of weirdness going on or do you think it's just going to be a a mess like Las Vegas <laughs> which which is a mess for different reasons than it would be in, Ch- in Chicago Illinois right. whatever it's a mess in Las Vegas because it's Las Vegas yeah well yeah I think I think you've seen states lay down the template, though, to help uh, smooth out some of those transitions. I agree. I think some of the growing pains are going to be a lot of, like, supply issues. And it's going to be a while before there's, like, a robust enough system in place and consistency. But my concern is how I keep waiting for the feds to break onto one of these states. Like, full-blown... Raid. I mean, I mean, maybe not like a raid, but just like wail on them and crack down on it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's happened to a small extent, but not explicitly. Maybe. Um, I I feel like Colorado, Colorado is the first one, right? Them in Oregon. Yes. Okay. And I mean, you've got California, and I think when all of these states, especially the Midwest ones, see the tax revenue that Chicago right. brings in, and that people that they desperately are, need, that they desperately need because politics, mm-hmm. um, I suspect it's going to it's it's going to tip the dam a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
My guess would be Michigan for the next one. Yeah. I did admit Michigan has some degree of legalization too. I would say, or potentially Minnesota, if you're looking at Midwest. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a better idea. There's, so the question I have for you though, Michael, is how do you think this affects the beer industry? What with this being a beer podcast and all. Yes, absolutely. And I think it, um, I think it, I think it's kind of like the, the hard seltzer effect almost. I think it's going to impact more so larger breweries than mm-hmm. um, craft breweries, but I think craft beer will be affected too. I think you might see some potential, and, and, and there, there probably is legality issues about alcohol and marijuana in the same package, but you could have some, and I think Laguanitas makes I, I a, a you seltzer. You saw it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a seltzer water, but a hop water with this a in it. So water. there, you know, some packaging, uh, some. Uh, synergy there, maybe not with alcohol-based beverages, but beverages from certain breweries, craft breweries, making... Uh, the hi-fi hops. Yes, that's it. Yeah, cannabis products. But I think if you're a big brewer, you're going to see people looking at this as an alternative, not as a uh, synergistic approach or something like that, you know. This is Lagunitas Hi-Fi Hops, cannabis-infused hoppy sparkling water. Uh, so basically, it's that... Uh, who made the Hemperer? Was that New Belgium? Yes. Okay, it's basically that, but real. Um, <laughs> yes. They have it in three different kinds. Basically, ones that have different levels of the t- CBD versus the THC. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't think it's really going to have a huge effect because I don't think that this is going to bring a lot of new potheads into the world. I think it will no. bring more people that want to experiment with it, for sure. I think the best thing to come out of this, though, like out of all of it, the uh, the Illinois governor expunged over 11,000 records oh, yeah. that had low-level pot offenses, Marijuana which, offenses, which yeah. is just like, oh, good. And it's not even pardoned. It's expunged. Off the record. Off the record. Um, yeah. And so... I think if you're listening to this podcast, you'd probably like to see less people in jail for bogus reasons. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, yeah. But, Michael, the way we've been rambling, it's like we've been having Lagunitas Hi-Fi Hops 18 (laughs) to 1. I'll do a quick side note before we move on. Oh, please do. Because I I thought I saw it earlier, had to confirm. Do as much as you want. I'm just (laughs) trying to make sure that I'm not sounding like a braying jackass that's going (laughs) to Um, Michigan, already legal, recreationally. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, dispensaries opened up December 1st, 2019, so... Ah. But legal for over a year now. Recreational, 11 states, and then some more decriminalized, so there's varying degrees of legalization, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens this year with that, see if any more states come online. Indeed. But we're entering a new era ourselves here on the show. We're going into the APM Pod Dark Hole series. <laughs> so inside the dark hole, we're going to be having lots of dark beers over the next two months or so. Oh, God, I have no clue. Yeah, it, we have a bundle kind of we, waiting we have to be a lot, man. imbibed. And... Today, we're kind of starting off, you know, we're easing into it a little bit, but it's still a dark beer. This is the most fascinating one in the bundle, to be honest. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm really interested to see what happens here, because it's a beer we've had on the show before. Is this our first double? Uh, like, the first repeat? 
We might have had, I don't know. Legit, I, like, full-on repeat. Yeah, I think this is first legit full-on repeat. Okay. In name only, though, Jeremy. It's true. Because we're having Newcastle Brown Ale. But, notably about this beer... The new is underlined. Yeah, it is New Newcastle. Uh, because in, judging by my sources here, March 2019, the U.S. version of this was reformulated, now brewed exclusively in America. It's not an import anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, reformulated, which we'll get into in a little bit, and now brewed by Lagunitas in California and Chicago. <sighs> As Newcastle is, mm-hmm. o- the label's owned by Heineken, and Heineken owns Lagunitas. And the brand needed a little bit of a jolt mm-hmm. in the U.S., so they changed it up a little bit. That's true. Michael, when was the last time you had a uh, an OG Newcastle? I can tell you the date. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, it was April 18th, 2017, on this very show, because I haven't had one since we had it on the show. I have. I have you one. have, which will be good. We need that perspective. I don't remember much about it. I think what happened on my the last time I had a Newcastle, it was after the new formulation was announced and, like, out. I'm pretty sure the six-packs were, you know, there. You could They could be purchased. Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, a place up the street from me had the, the OGs in single bottles. And so it's just like, well... This is probably the last time I'm going to get an OG, despite it almost certainly being old, but, you know, whatever. Um, I remember it being a little coppery. I should have looked at the date, but it was it was definitely a little old. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe not the best example. No, um, but... Yeah, I mean, you're still getting the best available and the best, like, a, an idea of the flavor. It's it's the the best option available. Yeah. Um, here's an article in the Chicago Tribune that compares and contrasts it a little bit. Oh, it's by Josh Knoll, too. I, that, I guess that makes sense. Um, he is the writer, yes. We'll just kind of read a little piece of this article here. And this is probably coming in on our review, but that's fine. The result is a radical updating. The old Newcastle was approachable to most palates, but thin, flaccid, and most notable for faint caramel sweetness. Mm-hmm. It was easy enough drinking and, like most brown ales, okay with a meal. The new model is a touch darker, but far more muscular. Elements of roast, char, and even light smoke replace the caramel sweetness. Compared to the genteel predecessor, this is a hearty beer with sharp elbows. Hmm. And they talk about how the big tweak is they use American hops, in this case, Centennial and Chinook. Hmm. And Lagunitas even has flavor text on their website. Oh, wow. So will just go over that quickly before we uh, get into this one. Newcastle Brown Ale being brewed at Lagunitas. We often think the best way to make new friends is to share a beer, and with some of our closest buds, we're taking it a step farther and are brewing together. We are excited about partnering with our friends at Newcastle to take over the brewing of their famous brown ale in our Petaluma and Chicago breweries. And not only are we doing the brewing, but our brewmaster, Jeremy Marshall, another Jeremy, has reimagined the classic recipe using Newcastle's traditional ingredients fermented with Lagunitas English house ale yeast to bring forth a familiar but intriguingly new brew. The reimagined Newcastle Brown Ale is a smooth, crisp, slightly roasty, and hoppier beer that's not too bitter, not too sweet, and altogether uncommon. Brewed with Centennial and Chinook hops and available in the U.S., the Lagunitas brewed Newcastle Brown Ale will hit shelves and delight lips in March 2019. It is, so, Michael, yes. it's past that day. 
it is past that day. I mean, we're late on the news, but... Oh, whatever. I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, this is something we've wanted to try for a while, and yeah, you got it. It is. Brought it to the docket. I did. Uh, and, this uh, one comes in at 4.7% ABV, Michael. Is that different? I believe it is. Little, is it more or less? I believe it's a little bit more. And the other big uh, non... Oh, yeah. As the other one was like 4.0 or something like that. It, it was an English beer. Yes. I can't get the numbers here. But I don't know if you're going to say this. Scrubbed it from the internet. Huge difference. This bottle is brown. Whereas, yep, that's exactly yeah. what I was going for. Classic Newcastle was always crystal clear bottle. The branding, the packaging, the aesthetics are similar, but it is in its it's updated without poochying the bottle. I do like the paper label. I don't know why, but that always seems classy. Yeah. Red text on a yellow back yellow and white background. Yeah. Still have the blue star on there, but it's a little three dimensional star, kinda like Mario RPG. Um, it is kind of like that. <laughs> but yeah, I poured it. I'm doing that right now. You know, it's going to be hard to think back and compare. And obviously, I just have a bunch of biases by reading those articles. But to me, this does look darker. It does look darker, indeed. The old Newcastle had a, like a more of a red tint. And while this does have that... It does. It's it's much... It seems more brown. I'd say that the old one was more of an amber color like the dark end of amber whereas this yeah. is like a uh, almost a red based black if it were opaque yes yeah it smells newcastle it does like that yeast smell i yeah. think that english yeast is still very present uh, the head seems more pronounced it, mine was but it's dissipated maybe a little more fizzy again it's hard to do a side by side obviously but this is curious. I'm excited to hear your reaction to it. Oh. That is weird. This is almost... I mean, not in a bad way, though. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's still good, and it's still, you know, distinctively Newcastle. It has that that feel, both in yes. the mouth feel and in, like, unless you were a, like, a grizzled iron foundry worker in, like, Birmingham, England... They had like four Newcastles a day for about 40 years. Yeah. I think you'd be hard-pressed to tell the specific differences if you are like us and have not had an OG Newcastle in some time. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't know that this was different, I think you would be forgiven for not knowing that, like being able to pull it. It is. Um, I think the flavor is... It's a sharper flavor. It is. It's it's it very similar is what I'm getting at. But it's similar, yeah. It's, it's sharper, a little more intense, but it has that same, like, um, yeah, caramely. Uh, to me, I, I can sometimes pick up, like, little kind of licorice notes out of a Newcastle, and that is still there. Um, yes, yeah. definitely. A little more bitter on the roast, but in a complimentary way. The uh, the body is still a little thin, but I think that that's just the style. I, that is mm -hmm. not meant to be a slam or a slur on this version of the beer. Yes. I think the n most notable difference, though, is the finish with the hops. I think yep. that's much more pronounced. You know, those are stronger flavored hops, but actually, because they've intensified the flavor a little bit, it actually is pretty complimentary. It is. There's a nice transition between the malt and the hops in this. 
And to me, the the use of those hops kind of punctuates the beer a little more than mm-hmm. Newcastle is kind of feeble <laughs> in some the, regard. The English version where they don't believe in hops. Yeah. They're using those real, like, Fugles hops or, you know, something that's really kind of... Is it pronounced Fugles? It's Fuggles. The, the wife is reading the Harry Potter book, so I'm, all I'm hearing is muggles in my head. <laughs> so here's the question. Yes, Michael. Actually, maybe two-part question. How does this compare to the original for you? Better yep. or worse? And then set aside the original altogether, and how does this compare to, uh, you know, how do you think about this as a beer on its own? For so... me... Go ahead, please. Maybe I'll give you time to think about that. To sp- please to do. Sprung it on you. Um, for me, I, I'm almost leaning towards this one. I know, you know, I, I'm having the benefit of drinking it right now, but that stronger flavor, like it's, I like the Newcastle flavor, and this has seemingly more of it, and I like the finish more. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. a big hop head, but I think they're using. <laughs> I think they're using the hops here in a deft way that is really complimentary and really, like I said, punctuates the malts. However, like on its own, I'm like, am I a big brown ale fan? Mm, not really. Like if I were at a bar and you have all like the standards there, like take for example, the Great Dane where we were just at and they have their Indeed. standards. The brown is probably going to be one of the last I consider. So is this... Something that really, like, a style that really excites me, maybe not so much. So it kind of moves the needle on one hand, but on the other hand, it's not lands with a thud, but it's not, like, really revving the motors. I don't know. What are you you thinking for those questions? So I do prefer this one to the other one for the reasons that you had elucidated. Um, Like we said, the traditional Newcastle obviously was losing ground in both, you know, esteem and beer markets. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have reformulated it in the first place unless they right. were trying to, you know, as we said, poochie the beer. Um, <laughs> right. And they distinctly did not do that with this beer. This is not some sort of weird extreme. Like, this is not the dark and gritty reboot of Newcastle. Right. This is, Ah, I, I've got it. Okay, here we go. This is the Evil Dead remake <laughs> of beers, okay. wherein uh, it's... It's the same thing, but it's revved up for today's modern tastes. Still, you know, like, it is very much the exact same thing, but just what you would do if it were, if that exact same beer were made now. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, this is still, you know, an English-style beer. This is not an American nut brown ale. This is not even a Samuel Smith's brown ale. Right. This is very, very much still in the DNA of Newcastle. And I think that deserves a little bit of respect that they were able to pull that off. Yes, yes. I mean, they had the keys to the Cadillac, but yeah, I mean, that's still... It's true. You you still have to land... You still have to stick the landing, man. Yes, absolutely. Much like Fede Alvarez did with the uh, 2013 remake of (laughs) Evil Dead. Okay. Yes. I could not believe that that movie got put in theaters with as it was. <laughs> it is truly revolting, and and I'm I've seen some stuff in some movies, and that one was intense. But anyways, we're all over the place. We're out of practice. Yes. Uh, how does it rank overall? And maybe this segues into the ratings anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it rates overall fine. Yes. I yeah. I don't know if it's great. 
it's it's hard to do this because you have to factor in you know all the outside stuff like oh hey it's it's Newcastle but it's not Newcastle um I'm taken back in my mind to roaming the uh the UK and Ireland where there were brown ales bitters milds mm-hmm. things that were you know close to what this is if not the same and there are definitely better versions of this that still have that trademark uh, British sessionability, I think is the nice way to put it. Yeah. Be- because, I mean, over there, I don't know what the beer culture is like when it comes to, like, hardcore beers. I mean, we've we've said, we've talked about brew dogs a million times on here. We don't need to mm-hmm. go into it again. But that was the only American-style craft beer that I found over there. The rest were very much in the traditional styles, and they have their place. This one is just... Newcastle has always been a little thin, and this one kind of keeps that, despite having ramped it up. Yeah. But we're jabbering. Michael, uh, let's get to the rating, the R of the FDR, if you will. I think I know what I'm going to rate it. I've been taking sips of judgment while you're talking, so I'm going to give it a 3.5... and I don't think it would pass the reach test for me. Like, I wouldn't grab a six-pack of this. Would it pass the cooler test? It would probably pass the cooler test, depending on what else was in that cooler, I guess. Here, this is the thing. I think this is worth trying at least one time if you're a beer fan and you, you're familiar with Newcastle. Try the new one, just so you can say you've had it. I think the experience alone of how this has been updated is worth is a worthy endeavor. And, you know, if you can get a single of it, you know, grab that single. But if, you know, I don't know if it's worth, like, getting a six-pack for. If you get a six-pack, you're not going to go wrong. It's not a bad beer at all. Oh, no. No, no, no. um, I just think there's, in a world of alternatives, I think there's better ones out there. So this is a perfectly serviceable beer. Not being a huge brown fan. (laughs) uh, More of a Dartmouth. Dartmouth. (laughs) Oh, God, I botched that. Um, Sure did. But yeah, so it's it's fine. Uh, you, if was it a cooler, would I reach for it again? Yeah. But um, would I actively pursue buying some more of this? Probably not necessarily. Uh, Michael, for my uh, rating, it's it's hard. This is more of a fascinating case study than it is a good beer. It is a good beer. There you it's go. Yes. Totally fine. Um, I think this one, Newcastle, you know, in general is kind of in a rough spot, which, I mean, like we've said, is kind of why they had to rebrand this beer in the first place. Because the the vague exoticness of it that was there when, you know, you and I first got our hands on beer, it's like, ooh, Amberbach, fancy. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it doesn't have that cash anymore because... We're beyond that, yeah. Because you can just go down to, you know, you know like whip a rock in any direction... And you'll find someone who's making some sort of crazy, you know, beer with Kivik yeast. I'm not saying the proper right. pronunciation. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you can just go. You can go to a gas station and get a Mosaic Dry Hopped IPA. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're so, beyond the looking glass here. I think. I don't know if it'll crash and burn. I don't think it will. I think it'll be fine for the people. You know, like per. Maybe not your father, but perhaps like my father, who were not like huge craft beer fans in the first place. Right. That said, I am curious to know what this would taste like fresh, especially now that that's an option. 
That's true. Yeah, I mean, it is now that it's stateside. It's like I think that, and especially with the clear glass, I think that was something that was holding the old Newcastle back. Like, you know, how fresh is it, and how mm-hmm. you know if it's sitting on the store shelf for several months in that clear glass. Yeah, it's not going to do it any favors. So on tap, you know, in downtown Chicago, maybe this mm-hmm. could be pretty good, even better. But yeah, it's, it's I distinctly remember my first Newcastle being on tap, and granted, I was you know twenty one two. And it was mind-bending, but it was also the first beer that actually had flavor. So who knows what the actual... a mug club? It was at a wedding, so uh, the lines were clean. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't just taste like random poison. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to give this a 3.25. It's fine. Yeah. It is worth trying if you are a... uh, if you're if you're one of us that were like around for the beginning of beer geekery, like the mainstreaming of beer geekery, because there's always you know the weird guy who has like the first dogfish head case or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But if you were around for like the explosion of like New Belgium, Goose Island, yada, yada the stuff that our man Josh Noel talks in his book Barrel Aged Stout and Selling Out, available now in every yeah. in bookstores everywhere, and well worth a read, I might add. Again. This is worth trying, but uh, it's more for fascinations. Yes. Michael, hit the fine people with the uh, social media plugs. Yes. Get in touch with us. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can do that at twitter.com, at apmpod, facebook.com, slash apmpod. Email us directly, apmpod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thanks, Mike. Almost got it that time. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. But we'll leave it at that. So, for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.